0: to Same Boat Huddle. I'm so excited to have you back um, and to be on, gosh, I think this is what, the fifth episode? How exciting. Um, So I am going to be posting these every Monday. Um, So be sure to really check in uh, on Mondays to hear a new podcast. And um, today, you know, gosh, I actually was sitting here for like 10 minutes before hitting record because I'm like, There are a million things I want to talk to you about today and, um, literally could not focus my mind and I've decided to just land on my why, like, that's what I want to talk to you guys about. So, um, it just keeps hitting me. It came up for me a lot today and I think it's really important to talk about because I'm sure that we all kind of share in our whys and why we want to change and grow as people, um, and you know, in thinking about it, so I've shared my journey, which is episode one. So if you haven't listened to that, please feel free to go back. Um, you know, and my journey, I think in my why there's a lot of like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I want to get to the bottom of what is going on and why I feel so sick and why I feel so misaligned. Um, and I think what it really comes down to, though, that although I want to be happy, I want to feel joy, I want to feel peace and relaxation and contentment and connectedness around me. Ultimately, what my actual why is, is for my children and for their future and to basically break up a lineage and and what, what we pass on generation to generation to generation. And when I say that, it's not that anyone has done anything wrong. It's not that anyone's bad or there's pointed fingers of our past generations were terrible and should have known better, anything. It's nothing like that. And I fully believe that each generation to come is going to be better than the one before them, that they're going to know more, learn more, um, be better for themselves, better for society and contribution and all of that and for their families and breaking cycles. So I think there's a lot of layers to my why and my journey and and a lot of ebbs and flows. And ultimately I think the biggest piece or the beginning of it was, you know, I going back to, I I think I probably share a very similar story to a lot of women and body image issues, right? So I grew up never learning to love my body ever. And I was a very strong person. I, you know, even as a, a child, I was, active and, um, very thin. (laughs) Like I always joke that I looked like a newborn giraffe or like a newborn calf, (laughs) just all arms and legs. And I was so skinny. I mean, my wrists were the same size as my biceps, you know, like one of those kids. And I hated that. And I was embarrassed to be in bathing suits and all that, but then you hit puberty and then all of a sudden you're embarrassed because you have hips and, um, You know, I, I was never okay with my body. I was either too skinny or too athletic, um, or there's just always a reason I didn't like my body and talked poorly about it. I called myself fat a lot. I just was never comfortable. I was constantly eating and exercising for the external factors, like to look good. Not, it was never about the insides, you know, and then I got pregnant and a switch went off for me where I was like, I never go like, how amazing to grow a body. I could never speak poorly of my body again for doing something so amazing as to grow a human. Like, you know, as a first time mom, you're reading all the books of like, what's happening when in your body. And it's truly just the most remarkable thing to, to understand and know and, um, to know that your body can do something like that. And then I found out that I was having a baby girl and I had this moment of like, I'm never going to allow this little girl who I haven't even met yet. I'm already obsessed with her and think that she's perfect. And to have the idea of her not believing that she is perfect was devastating to me. That you know, even once she arrived, she just, she's so, and, and she was not perfect. She had torticollis torticollis, and, um, she is, she is a hairy little lady. (laughs) She, I mean, she had a head full of hair and it just kind of kept going down her body, you know, not a perfect little person, but boy, oh my gosh, do I see complete perfection to this day in both of my children. And, um, the thought of her calling herself fat or ugly, um, or hating what she looked like was was just not acceptable to me, and the only way to teach her to love herself was for me to love myself, and, um, you know, I so I had an emergency C-section with my daughter, and um, I felt really—I mean, to say I felt disappointed is an understatement. It was um, shocking to learn that I needed a C-section. It wasn't an, an emergency. So there was no discussion. It was like <laughs> mad dash to the operat- operation, operating room. Um, and I have a scar. It's an ugly scar. Uh, I had a, a resident, i I believe it was her first C-section ever. Um, and I was like, Oh, I could either be really, really ticked about this or like how amazing that a doctor got to learn on my body and that my daughter and I came out healthy, you know, but I do. I have, I have a big, ugly, uneven scar five and a half years later. I actually was just looking at it the other day. And as I was healing from that, I chose, I actually did a blog post where I took a picture of the scar and I talked about my body and how amazing it was that, you know, you have legs that, um, can walk and dance and run and arms that can lift my baby and, um, a midsection that carried and grew a child and, um, can hold a child and breasts that can feed a baby. And oh my gosh, just like just an amazing, miraculous, um, machine to do this. And so I shared that with the world that it's such a shame that we're so horrible with our bodies. And I, um, refuse Refuse my daughter has never heard the word diet. I know I, n- I cannot keep her from this for the rest of her life or for her whole life, but as, as long as I can, I never want to see her having a bad relationship with food. I show her daily movement, um, I model that for her, and I eat well for her. And this is all for my son, too, but I specifically really do this for my daughter because of the society that we live in and how we're brought up and and the relationship that we have with our bodies and our food. So that was the beginning of my why. Uh, And then enter my son, who my kids are about 18 months apart. And um, as I've shared in my journey, that's really where things started to fall apart for me. Not because of my son, just the timing. And I very sadly do not recall probably the first two years of his life. I'm very thankful to have pictures. Uh, I have video clips from my phone and things like that that really help me remember that time. But I don't recall it the same way I recall my daughters. And yes, like we could talk about well, what was your second, you were busier. They're so close in age and blah, blah, blah. But I, it's because I wasn't present. I was like, to say I was surviving (laughs) might, might be even too much of a word. Like I was, I was barely alive at that point. And, um, while I knew I needed to fix myself, I needed to be sure that I was doing this for my children, um, so that I could be there for them. So it's really important to me that my children have a mother who is present has a mother who understands them and takes the time to understand them that they have a mother who, um, sometimes chooses to sit on the floor and do a puzzle with them, then go neurotic and making sure all the laundry is done and the house is perfectly clean. Um, because I was that person, you know, and I've really kind of taken a step back to look at my core desired feelings and the needs of my children and how we can put that together to be sure that my needs are met and my children's needs are met. Um, and I've just seen a remarkable difference. I can even from day to day, the days that I'm more present and able to really hear them and listen to them. There are less tantrums. There's less yelling. Um, we connect more. There's a lot more smiles and laughter when I am completely aligned and present. I mean, I can't say that enough. And I think that's something that can really be missed in motherhood right now because we feel like we're drowning and, juggling so much and I have to be in, tr- you know, there's, there are so many articles about out there about like the, um, the invisible workload of motherhood and oh my gosh, I get it. I understand. But here's the thing, like we have complete control over how we can handle that. We don't have to be victims to this invisible workload of motherhood to have everything on our backs. You know, I, I recently saw a picture of a statue of a woman, Um, bent over and just a tower of stuff on her back from laundry to children to more laundry to dishes all this stuff and that we carry the weight of the world on our back but that's by choice really you know I know it takes it takes a lot of effort and time and change um, to to make that change but I feel like there's so many of us kind of fall victim to like this is what society is telling us to do that Um, We need to take care of everything from the children to the laundry to the dishes and also go out there and work and that there's so much more on our plate. And I I don't think that we um, advocate well enough for ourselves and we also don't relinquish enough power to um, allow there to be help. You know, I've even seen the memes of, uh, I'm sure everyone has seen the one. I forget what the exact words are, but the one about um, someone's helping you with the chores, but then you're like, "I'll just do it myself." Well, <laughs> either you get help or you don't, and we—it's like we complain about you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't. You know, it's—it's it's something, and here I am just going off in a tangent of how we just don't accept the help and that, and that is what I'm, I'm getting at, that that is my why to be, to be there for my children and to raise them to be different people, for them to be raised into adults who don't feel the need to be victim to societal demands, to understand that they can have emotions, to have mindfulness. You know, I sit here, I'm sitting here at almost nine o'clock on Sunday night and, um, I got to my my kids to bed later than normal because I felt uh, it's so important for us to sit down and read a book and meditate together. And we meditate because I'm teaching my children mindfulness. I want them to understand how their bodies feel and how to calm their bodies down. I want them to understand that when you're angry, it's okay and this is what it feels like in your body and this is what we can do when we're angry and when you're sad and when you're frustrated. And when you're happy, and you know, we live in this society where it's not okay to have feelings, that our children have these big emotions that we call tantrums, and we say, stop, be quiet, go to your room, stop whining, don't be like that. And we're raising these people to then not know how to handle any of these feelings. So we're stuck in this world of people who have no mindfulness and almost can't, like, they can't even tolerate inner relationships because they can't figure out the different feelings they're having. There's no ability to have like constructive confrontations and discussions and um, functioning dynamics in the household where it's like i I feel really angry right now and that's okay and I'm gonna go take a walk. You know, we immediately want to fix it. like if I'm feeling angry, I mean, isn't the first thing for my husband to be like, why are you angry? Let's talk about this right now. We have to fix it. And that's so normal that you want to take it away or if I'm sad and crying. It's like, well, how can I take this away for you? Don't know. I don't let me be sad right now. Like it's okay that I'm angry. I'm not going to stay angry. I'm not going to leave you guys. I'm not going to like go contact a lawyer. I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to allow my body to have its feelings to process the emotions that they're having and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to be good because I took deep breaths and allowed it to come out because we keep all of these emotions inside our bodies and it creates disease, literally, like it just creates complete disease. So all of this to explain that my why is for my children. I want my children to have a mother who is present. I want my children to have a mother who listens to them and hears what they need, you know, all their behaviors come from a place of not getting something. They're not being heard. They're not able to communicate what they need. There's always a reason for behavior. And if you are present and patient, which you can get through meditation, through taking care of yourself, through feeding yourself, through getting sleep, then you will be able to hear what your children's needs are and to not flip out and tell them to yell at them and say, stop. And I can't deal with this. Go to your room. That will become less and less. The more you take care of yourself and then you're there for your kids. And then you're teaching your kids how to be a mindful, accountable person for how they're feeling. And they'll know what to do with their feelings. They'll know how to regulate them and they'll know how to support themselves. They'll know how to Um, advocate for themselves so that they can have communication with people who might not be so mindful. Like to say, yes, I'm angry right now. And yes, I'm going to talk to you as soon as I'm in a place that I can have a conversation. Please just give me 10 minutes or please just give me 24 hours. I love you, but I got to walk away from this right now. Or "I, I am really sad that my dog died and that's okay. And I'm allowed to talk about it and I'm allowed to cry about it going off on a tangent here, our dog died in May. It was literally one of the worst experiences of my entire life. And I'd love to do a podcast about, um, stuff that dogs can teach you. It's amazing, but it's so uncomfortable to, you know, telling my kids teachers, like our dog died. First of all, people hear the word died and they like lose it. They're like, Oh, he passed away. It's no, he died. He's dead. And that's okay to say that word. And you know, if my kid starts crying, please let them cry. Like, don't tell them, oh, stop crying. It's okay. He's in a better place. He crossed the rainbow bridge. Yes, all that stuff. But like, let my kid cry, man. That sucks. Like their dog died. Let them cry. Let them feel the feelings and let it out and talk to them about it. Like, yeah, that is sad. You know, what are you, what's it feel like to feel so sad? And what can we do for ourselves? Maybe you can like ask for a hug or a tissue or. I just need to be by myself for a couple minutes while I cry and I'll be back, you know? So anyway, going off on that tangent again, just to say that we're in a society that just does not feel comfortable with feelings ever. And it's such a problem. Um, so that's my why. And I hope that if you are in a place that you feel like you need change, start with why, why do you want change in your life right now? Why do you want to feel more joy? Why do you want to feel happy? Why do you want to feel patient? Why do you want to feel calm? Why do you want to feel relaxation? Where is that coming from? Grab a journal, start just brain dumping it. Like, where is that coming from? What do you need in your life? And why is it your children? Is it so that you can be there for your children? Is it so that you can be more present for your significant other or your household or to make a change in your work? Or what is it? Uh, I would actually really love to know. So if this sparked any thought for you of your why, why you're going to put in the work and the effort to change um, and to make a difference in this one little life that you get, why is it? Why are you doing it? And if you don't know, pen to paper, uh, it is scientifically proven that there is shit that comes out of your head when it is pen to paper. So go for it. Uh, and I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at Aaron at ejoycephotography.com. You can join uh, my free Facebook community, Same Boat Huddle. Uh, so that's facebook.com slash groups slash same boat huddle. Same name as the podcast. Um, and tell me your why. I want to know it. And if any of you are hearing this, you're like, yes, 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 yes. I need to feel this way. I need to get there. How do I get there? And you don't know where to go or how to start. Please contact me. I have some awesome programs that I'm running. One of them is called Create Your Best Life. It's a four week program where I give you um, some of the most amazing tools that I've learned to make huge shifts in my life and how I approach it, um, how I can access my core desired feelings, uh, which are uh, happiness, joy, contentment, connectedness. Those are big ones for me. Um, and how I'm able to access that every day and how I'm able to show up for myself and for my kids and how it will be perceived is how I do it all. Little secret. I don't do it all, (laughs) but I manage my energy. So I'm able to get done what I want to get done and feel the way I want to feel. So if that's something that sounds super interesting to you, I would love to hear from you. You can just ask questions. There's no commitment. Um, And if it sounds interesting, but you're just like, "Mm, I don't know, join the group Same Boat Huddle. It's totally free. And I share a lot of the information in that group. So I would absolutely love to have you there. Um, And these are conversations that we continue to have. So mamas. Change the cycles that have been passed on from generation to generation to generation. Do you have body image issues? Change it for your kids. Do you, uh, yell, change it for your kids? Do you have, there's my dog. I hope you guys heard that. Um, you know, are you stuck in a job that you hate and you're coming home angry and burned out every day? Change for your kids. You can do anything you want to do in this life. You're not stuck in this mold. You, you literally have the freedom to do anything you want with this life. We are all given the same parts and the same brains and no one is different than any other person. So anyone you view as successful, why do you view them as successful? You can do that too. You can. There's no, <laughs> there's no reason that you can't do it. I promise you. So find your why and make that shit happen for yourself. And if you need help, I'd love to help you. Anybody would love to help you. I'm sure. And the community that is growing in same boat huddle is fabulous. And there's so many amazing women in there. Um, and they've just proven to be such a phenomenal support system for so many other women. So thank you ladies um, for being there for each other and creating such an amazing community. So uh, that is it for this Monday and this week. So as I've said before, my challenge to you this week is to figure out your why, why, What is it that you want to change? What isn't feeling aligned right now in your life? And why do you want a change? Where is your why and what is it? Who is it? What's it for? So have an awesome one, ladies. I will talk to you so soon. I can't wait to hop back onto this podcast. I'm really, really excited. Um, My husband has agreed to do an interview. um, And we're going to be talking about what it's like to be the spouse of someone who suffers from pretty severe anxiety or did, I should say. So I have absolutely no idea how that's going to go. And I'm super excited. (laughs) Um, I just don't know. And it's going to be awesome. So I will talk to you guys in a week. Have a good one. Uh, be kind to one another, be compassionate, uh, and to live each day. Like it's your last, be happy, dance to the music, feel the feels. I'll talk to y'all soon. Take care.